Welcome once again to another episode of the Random Access Podcast brought to you by RAPodcast.net. This is episode 530, recorded live on Sunday, October 1st, 2017. And here are your hosts, the man who was out Pokemon going in the fall, Dave Pillay. Hi. And the man who only went outside for food yesterday, Andy Lowe. Hi. I, yeah, thanks. Thank you for, for moving the recording because of Pokemon Go. I, I appreciate that. Are there, okay, so you had a whole event going on in the afternoon? So are, are you familiar with the concept of raids in Pokemon Go? They're sort of like gyms, but not. There, there are gyms. Raids take place at the gyms. Oh, okay. Uh, but raids are just like raids in an MMO, right? It's a raid boss that you have to fight, but you can't do it alone. So you have to have a group of people, and you have to organize the group and all go at the same time, okay? Okay. So that's just the normal, regular raids. Now, they, they spawn all the time between 5 in the morning and 5 in the afternoon. They are just kind of like randomly going to different gyms and so that's fine that's whatever i wouldn't stop recording just for one of those but in one of the more recent updates they also added something called an exclusive raid which is the only place you can get a mewtwo oh and exclusive raids are invitation only what you get you get an in-game invitation from one of the gyms that you have previously raided at and you get it like four days before the event and it's only open for one hour. So you have four days to prepare and get everyone together and say, like, all right, we're going to be here at this time. And the one that I was invited to was for Saturday, September 30th at 12 o'clock p.m. OK, so that's what I did. I got a Mewtwo. Nice. I'm pretty pleased with it. And I also got to spend time with the community and see friends that I haven't gotten to see a lot of in the last couple of weeks because I've been busy at work. So it wasn't just the Pokemon. That was, that was a big part of it. There was more. So what'd you do? You stayed inside all day. Uh, yeah, pretty much. Let's see. Uh, Kate went to knitting, so I hung out with Isaac. Uh-huh. And we came back, and there was a diagnosis murder marathon going on on TV. So we watched that for a bit. By then, we, you mean you and Isaac? No. You and Kate? Yes. Okay. Isaac this doesn't is know af- what's going on. I was going to say, like, so this is after Kate came back, because yes. there's no way Isaac was watching diagnosis murder. Even if he was, he would have no idea what's going on. Right. So you watch TV. Yep. And then it was uh, book club. Oh, that was last night. Yeah. So uh, we went out, got some food, came back, did book club, then watched some more Diagnosis Murder. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Got some stuff recorded to watch today, but we also need to go shopping because Isaac needs food. What? Babies don't need food. They're so uh, tiny. How much food do they need? Lots. 2.3 2.3 ounces per 10 per pound, I think, is what it is. So just over an eighth of their weight. Yeah. I think per that's day. what it is. I assume that's per day. Uh, sorry. And the first four to six months when your baby isn't eating any solids, rule of thumb is 2.5 ounces of formula per pound of body weight each day. I'm glad that they said per pound of body weight and not per pound of baby. Per pound of baby. Wouldn't I mean, it, it's the same thing, right? Mm-hmm. It just, yeah, it just sounds weird if it's, you know. So anyway, good morning, Andy. Good, good afternoon. After, you know, it is afternoon. What's uh, what's up? What's new? What's exciting? How much sleep did you get? Uh, let's see. Went to bed at 2, got up at 4, went back to bed, 5.30, got up at 11. Yes, that sounds about right. 
So a lot of interrupted sleep. Yes, yes. Okay. I also now have a liter of Mountain Dew here. Yeah, I think I have more than that of smoothie, but there's no way. Like, I'm so full. I've had so much of the smoothie already. I cannot have more. Why is is it Soylent here, or here? No, I will I will send you the a picture of the container of smoothie. And so I asked Laura made me smoothie this morning, which was fantastic and wonderful, but perhaps made a little too much. And so there we go, uploading, uploading. Oh, geez, that is a lot of smoothie. Both of those were full. I'm pretty sure it's more than a liter and a half of smoothie. That looks, what is that, like a raspberry? Maybe a strawberry? No, it's got to be like a raspberry, a blackberry in there, isn't there? I just said blueberry. Oh, I didn't hear blueberry. It is a blueberry smoothie with some strawberry and spinach, pomegranate juice, orange juice, and that should be it. You also need to clean your desktop. Yes. (laughs) That's just... My literal desktop, not yes, like my computer's desktop. No, yes, no, literal, I can't, the literal I can't see desk that part of it. But yeah, your literal does desktop. need to be cleaned pretty badly. Yeah, I, I, I've been. It's actually much better than it used to be. Yeah, I need to start cleaning mine because at some point Isaac will be able to uh, grab move on his own, move on his own, and grab things. Mm-hmm. So yeah, should we probably move into topics at this point? I suppose there was, like I said, there wasn't much going on yesterday, so I don't really have much to talk about. So I can talk about yeah. baseball, but you don't care about that. So uh, I mean, not particularly. That said, I did talk about Pokemon Go. We both know how you feel about that. Well, get Andy, you outside, so you know. Come on, come on. Where's the energy? I'm working on it. I, like I said, I've got I've got 1.25 liters of Mountain Dew here. <laughs> you need to do that before you sit down for the recording. Okay, well, in that case, this is going to be a Dave-led podcast from the sounds of it. So, where did my list of topics go? I should refresh this page. Because there's stuff in here. Yes, yes, there is. There is an update from a previous topic, because we talked about the fact that Rovio was considering going public. Yes. And they were saying, yeah, we're going public, here's the IPO. And so what happened? Uh, They've actually had to end the subscription period of the IPO three days ahead of schedule because (laughs) um, it was oversubscribed multiple times. What does oversubscribed mean in this context? Um, That there was so much demand for their IPO that uh, they basically kind of just sold out of the IPO. Huh. Maybe they they should have asked for a higher price. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> were we commenting that like you know they they had previously been worth a shit ton and they turned it down and now they're like well crap maybe it's not as well crap as we thought maybe they should have just asked for a higher price yeah eleven thousand new shareholders took a stake in rovio during the public offering Eleven thousand very sad people in a couple of years <laughs> or a couple of months when the ipo drops I don't know. They're doing a sequel for Angry Birds, so okay, wait until that comes out. I mean, it's uh, but they have yet to show that they're going to be able to do anything beyond Angry Birds. Okay, so I'm looking up in Investopedia just to make sure what is oversubscribed. Oversubscribed is a term used for situations in which a new security issue, such as a stock or bond, is underpriced or in great demand by investors. Yeah. Yep. Exceeds the total number of shares issued by the underlying company. Yeah. So, yeah, they uh, they had to close down the offering. Yep. 
So the people that that like purchase the IPO, they they're still getting it. It's not that they aren't doing an IPO. No, it's just that the IPO is over early because they they didn't have enough stock. Yeah, what companies can do is either a you know issue more shares or raise the price. A good example of this is actually Facebook. Facebook, when they did their IPO, um, they originally started selling 337 million shares at $28 to $35 per share. No surprise, everybody loved Facebook, and so uh, there were the, the Facebook IPO was oversubscribed. So Facebook actually released 421 million shares, and they raised the price to $34 to $38 per share. So they are raising the price. Uh, no, I think Rovio just said, like, you know, oh, I'm trying to, oh, really, this press release is, really, Behind this the paywall? press release is geo-locked? Oh, no! Because of regulatory restrictions, you are not entitled to access this material. Oh, really? I can't access a press release from Rovio because I'm in the United States. Yep. That's BS. Getting, I just searched for BS, too. That's not what I wanted Ah, <laughs> here's the press release from NASDAQ saying not for release, publication, or distribution directly or indirectly in or into the United States or any other jurisdiction, which <laughs> really thank you, NASDAQ, for telling me, hey, I can't, you can't release this in the United States and then letting me access it from the United States. The internet is a funny place. Mm-hmm. Okay. So while we're on the topic of investing then, right, we're talking about stocks, we're talking about Rovio and games. Yes. Let's stick around with games. Uh, it looks like there's an esports update as well. Good, yes. sir. NRG Esports uh, has been looking for financing. Is it, is it NRG or is it supposed to be pronounced energy? I don't know. Okay. I'm going to go with energy. I like energy. I think okay. it's cute, right? Yes. Like that's that's pretty good. Energy. Yes. Okay. So they were they uh, they're getting 15 million dollars of investing <laughs> from people like Jennifer Lopez. I'm sorry. I'm just trying to picture J-Lo. Why? I, I don't know. As well as Marshawn Lynch, Alex Rodriguez, and Michael Strahan. Why? Because they can make money? I I guess. Like, these are people who have a lot of just spare cash. They can do this sort of thing and take this sort of risk. Like, I can see, you know, Marshawn Lynch, because I know he's done Madden stuff before in the past. So has A-Rod, but, you know, J-Lo? <laughs> I, I don't, maybe J-Lo is into gaming. I'm not sure. Who, I don't who know. are we to judge? Maybe she plays lots of games. Maybe that's what she does with her spare time. Let's see, Jennifer Lopez Gaming. In an unexpected turn of events, J-Lo invests in Overwatch Pro Team. Yeah, no, I just... Uh, the fame Jennifer Lopez's girl game. No, no, I don't want. All right, let's look at Jennifer Lopez video games. Nope, nope. That's uh, it's been nothing other outside of her investment. Outside the esports. Yeah, that's just so weird that they're all throwing money at this. Granted, if you had the spare cash to invest fifteen million dollars, wouldn't you finance an esports league? N- no. No. <laughs> I don't, I don't know what I would do with an extra, you know, 15 million. 15 million spare, like on top of other shit that you already have. This is just play money. Uh, 15 million in play money. Oh, geez. If you had 15 million in play money, what would you do? I don't know. Invest in an eSport. Why not? <laughs> uh, first thing I would do is get, uh, let's see, if this was entirely play money. 
Well, I'd make sure you know Isaac had a college fund. Uh-huh. Uh I see about putting a go-kart or two in the Bronson Children's Hospital here. Very kind, very generous. Um what else would I do? See if the curling club needs anything. Okay. So you're probably about four million dollars in now. My college fund. Pay attention to murder she wrote. <laughs> How about a college fund for Isaac's kids? College fund for Isaac's kids. That could work. Bigger house? Oh, I think we're pretty good. We were actually discussing that the other day. It's like, you know, like some of the houses we drove by onto our food are, you know, next to a nice private golf course. So they're big houses. And so I'm sitting there going like, what the heck would I do with all that space? We ran out of rooms after, you know, six rooms. We're like, oh, I don't know. I don't know what I would do with the rest of it, you know. Informal dining room, formal dining room. Pool room for like billiards. Uh, we were thinking uh, an actual computer office area. Kate would have a yarn room. I would have a, mm-hmm. I don't know, something. And the kids would have their rooms. And I don't know. Yeah, a craft room, mm-hmm. an office. Yep. Uh, you'll want the kids' rooms where they sleep, plus some sort of nursery room where they can play. Ah, yes, a playroom. Maybe a spare guest room for people who visit. Yes, a guest room. Uh, that would, yeah, that would, we've got one of those already. Yeah, Kate's like, the only rooms that we actually need, we already have. So it's like, okay, you know, we would just take our current route and kind of like break them apart. Yeah, well, I mean, it's not a question of what you need at that point, right? (laughs) No one needs that many rooms. No, that's true. If you have $15 million of just like play money to spend, you don't need those rooms, but you can have those rooms when you start getting creative or you can just give it all away that's true could be like bill gates uh andy let's be clear here bill gates did not give away his entire fortune no but he's he's (laughs) giving away a lot of it yeah but percentage wise how much is that true how many billions of dollars does he still have in like liquid funds Bill Gates' net worth, $89 billion currently. So that's his net worth. Oh, you're right. Right, that includes a lot of stuff. Like, that includes his homes. Uh, yeah, his latest house was uh, 100 and... Uh, his current house is worth $124 million today. He spent $63 million to build it. Right. So, yes, he gives away a lot of money to charity. He has the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, but he still has a lot of money, period. True. Yeah, I know. He announces that, oh, yeah, no, I'm going to donate $2 billion towards renewable energy. You're like, okay. That's not much for him. No. His money makes money at this point. Uh, Earning turn donation estimated amount, which has been donated charity as of January, is $35 billion so far. Mm-hmm. So of your $15 million, <laughs> you give about 5 or $6 million to charity. Yeah. Good for you. That's wonderful. You've now funded Gamers Outreach for the next 20 years. <laughs> Probably not. That's, but in any case, you yeah. you now, now what do you do with the other 8 million? God, you know what this reminds me of? Huh? Uh, Brewster's Millions. I don't know what that is. Hmm. It was a, um, oh, that comedian, Richard Pryor. Okay. Uh, Brewster's Millions. Very funny man. Yes. Uh, after losing his position as a minor league pitcher, Montgomery Brewster learns that his great uncle has left him $300 million, though. To inherit it, though, Brewster must spend $30 million in 30 days under a complicated set of rules that forbid him from donating too much to charity or retaining any new assets when the period is up. Oh, 
So you have to spend it. Yes. What do you spend it on? Yeah. That you would not retain assets for. Yeah. And there's things that are like, you know, he can't actually like buy artwork or stuff like that. Anything that will increase in value. Right. Can't so donate my favorite, to charity. Can't buy houses. Yep. My, my favorite one there is um, he uh, he buys one of those upside down airplane stamps at auction uh-huh. for, you know, an exorbitant amount of money. And the guys who are in charge of this thing here, who, you know, if he if he fails, they actually get the money. Yeah. So they're trying to find ways for him to lose. Okay. Um, and so they're all excited. They're like, he bought a stamp. That means it's going to go up in value. This is great. And then he sends them a postcard. With the stamp. With the stamp. Yeah, I like it. Yeah, no, it's it's a good movie. It's actually, uh, I think there was another movie about that. No, uh, Brewster Millions. Yeah, no, this is actually originally a 1902 novel. Hmm. Adapted into a play in 1906. It's a 1945 movie, and now there was the 1985 movie. Oh, wow. 1914, 1921, 1926, 1935, 1945, 1961. It, what, Seems to be a recurring a, theme. Yeah. I didn't know there were so many versions of this movie. Hmm. The more you know. In any case, <laughs> coming back from that, these these folks are just doing fifteen million dollars for esports. Chiquillo mm-hmm. O'Neal is, is also is on growing, that list. Man, I got. I'm just putting that out there again. Like I'm scrolling down in this never-ending list of of articles in ESPN about esports. Yep. Yeah. No. That's a. That's a. It's a thing now. For them it's a thing and it's not going away nope i also love how they literally have you know every all the rest of the sports are capitalized but esports is all lowercase oh maybe that'll change well no because that that e is always lowercase right when you talk about esports sometimes you capitalize the s but most of the time the e always has to be lowercase like an email and yeah so speaking about education and learning stuff yeah assassin's creed yeah uh two things one i just bought one of them okay well they the were late- on sale the latest one is coming out in october 27th that's the origins yes the ancient egypt one yeah so uh what they're actually doing they've announced that post-launch update will include discovery mode what is discovery mode discovery mode is a dedicated mode which allows players to explore ancient egypt at their own pace and learn about egypt through dozens of tours curated and designed by historians and egyptologists huh that's a little weird well not actually really that much um which it was during the Enzio steri- series. Ezio. Ezio. Sorry, Enzio Ferrari. Um, Ezio series. <laughs> Ezio uh, Auditore di Frenze. Yeah, where, you know, they actually had in the game. Yeah, uh, I, I remember those. And like you could, when you'd find a place, you could um, open up a, a screen and it would tell you way more about it. Yeah. When it was constructed, like all the real world information, not the yeah. Assassin's Creed information. Yeah, and they even actually, during that stat, would actually, like, tell you, like, what things are incorrect. Like, I remember one of the things they were talking about, like, you know, the building here, you know, is shown in its completed form, but actually, you know, this building was not, you know, actually completed until decades later than this current time frame. So they actually would give you the, you know, the historical discrepancies as well. Yep. So now they're just opening up an entire mode where it is that. Yeah, which I think is kind of neat. That's just like, you know. Yeah, but like what school is going to buy a <laughs> two dozen Xboxes so that their their kids can walk around ancient Egypt? I don't know. That's the part I don't understand. Like who's this for? 
I would do it. I mean, but I'm that kind of guy. You're also not going to buy Assassin's Creed, uh, was it, Origins? No, because so, I don't have an Xbox One or PlayStation 4. I mean, it'll be out on PC. Yeah, it's, yes, but <laughs> the track record for Assassin's Creed games on PC? Oh, don't say that. I literally just bought Assassin's Creed Syndicate yesterday. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Don't say that. It's going to be good. They, they fixed all of that. Hopefully, yes, they have, because it's been a while since Syndicate came out. It's it normally been out for, a, like, over a year. Yeah. I'm really hoping that it doesn't have a lot of problems. They probably have patched it by now. Yeah, yeah, probably. Knock on wood. Probably. Um, but Ubisoft is also teaming up with Google as well. Oh? Uh, they're creating the Hieroglyphics Initiative Project. Yeah? So they're, they're teaming up with Google um, and using machine learning to actually try and decipher hieroglyphs. Weird. From the Middle e- Egyptian language, which was used from 2000 BC until as late as 4th century AD. So they, they are going to work with Google to compile data, tools, and everything out there and work with academic groups to actually try and you know understand hieroglyphics and they uh they announced it just recently but they're planning on um publishing the first results by the end of the year and then they will open up the project data and technology to everyone so they're going to open source it at the end of the year that's pretty badass what are they hoping to get out of it i think it was just the fact that they were trying to you know understand hieroglyphics realize that wait a second you know people still don't understand hieroglyphics so is it just like, we can do this, so let's do this? I think so. It's one of those things where it's like, you know, wait a second, we still don't un- understand hieroglyphics? Really? I mean, it was a long, long time ago. That's just so weird. Yeah, Ubisoft doing stuff with hieroglyphics. Egyptology. Yeah. In hieroglyphics. That's crazy. I don't, I don't think much is going to come out of it. Like, I, I really just don't think much is going to come out of it. It's possible. I could be wrong. This is one of those cases where I'd actually like to be wrong. Yeah. Those are those are few and far between, by the way. I don't know if you were aware of that. Where things are, you know. Where where I would like to be wrong. Mm. I don't often like being wrong. Okay. Oh, I was sitting there going like, okay, you know, is there going to be a companion app for Assassin's Creed Origin like they did for the other games? There's something called Assassin's Creed's Rebellion that's coming soon to iOS and Android. So, yes. Yes. Okay. I do have to say, some of the companion apps were actually kind of fun. Some of them were annoying, though. What do the companion apps do? Uh, There were things like uh, with Black Flag where you could actually level up your ships and send them out on missions using the app. And the app could also give you like a map and some other things there of like where things are located. Uh, There was, uh, I think it was in Brotherhood where the, the app, you could actually send your other assassins out on missions using the app. It was just, you know... Little things to add to the game that you could, you know, do with without actually logging into the game. Like I when during Black Flag, I would, you know, send my ships out and then, you know, on my lunch break, just, you know, check on the ship, send them out on other missions, that sort of thing. But what if you don't have the app anymore? I don't know. I have not looked at these things in a while. So speaking of machine learning. Oh, I was just about to go on with something. Yes, speaking of machine learning, I know where you're going with this. Yeah. Okay. What about machine learning? That they did a documentary about AlphaGo. I did not. I'm not very surprised. Yeah, there is a documentary called AlphaGo. Did you know that there's a documentary about Go? No. It's called The Surrounding Game. Came out earlier this year. I actually have a friend who has the distribution rights to it. 
So I'll just put in this plug for The Surrounding Game, which is a documentary about Go and the rise of Go in the U.S., including the build-up to the first uh, certified professional U.S. Go player. Huh. So, with that in mind, there's also now a Go documentary specifically about AlphaGo. Yes. What are they titling the movie? It's called AlphaGo. Aw, lame. So it's called AlphaGo. It's yes. about AlphaGo, yes. clearly. What is it? What is it actually about? Like, what's the story the documentary is telling? It's the evolution of, you know, AlphaGo and, you, you know, how it came to be and the, the matches as well that it played. So that's going to be the matches specifically against Lee Sedol or are they including KG? Are they talking about... I think they're about, including KG as well. Are they talking about the, the matches against the European Go player that I don't remember his name and now I feel bad for that? Like, it's it's the entire... Excuse me. The entire spread of AlphaGo. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah, it's the whole start to finish. So, you know. So when are we going to have a viewing party? Uh, Well, I was actually looking at that. Fun fact, it had already, uh, this summer had already uh, played at the Traverse City Film Festival in July. Mm -hmm. Uh, In Milwaukee, uh, next, oh, next weekend, the 5th, 7th, and 9th is going to be in Milwaukee. Ooh. At the Milwaukee Film Festival. Yeah. Uh, Let's see. Heartland Film Festival in Indianapolis, Indiana. Uh, There's one in Houghton, Michigan, (laughs) if anybody wants to drive up there. On November 3rd. Gee, I wonder what could be up there that would be showing this sort of movie. Hmm, I wonder. Uh, But it's also getting a uh, limited release right now in New York and L.A. So when will I be able to watch this besides the Milwaukee Film Festival that I'm not going to next weekend because my parents will be in town? I don't know. I I would love to watch this as well. Okay. But I don't know. This is... um, I think it's along the lines of, I think Nova did a episode on Watson. That was really interesting. So it's, you know, this I, I would be seriously interested in this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Watch the, the surrounding game as well. It's a really, uh, it, it shows you the story of, of Go in the U.S. and actually gives you a really good backdrop as to why AlphaGo was so impressive and important. Screenings for the surrounding film. Berlin, L.A., Australia, Rhode Island, San Diego, Seattle. Especially given that the first certified professional Go player from the U.S. certified by the AGA was in 2012. I don't know where to go from that. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, I lost where I was going to go for it because we were talking. Oh, we were talking about money. We were talking about esports. So let's back up then. We'll move backwards away from our documentaries about Go. Uh, and move more towards video games again, because, hey, video games are awesome. Uh, PUBG, still around. Oh, well, no, duh. This, this is a topic that I think is going to have to come up probably every week for a little while. It's it's just, it's one of those things, right? It's the fad. It's the the big thing right now. We, we talked about how um, Epic Games was kind of making their own version of it and whether there's some legality questions in there because they would uh, whatever. Um, among other decisions that was made for PUBG was to have in-game cosmetic items that you can sell on the store. Yeah. Guess how much they're starting to sell for for the more rare pieces in this game where millions of people are playing it. I'm guessing it's probably in the hundreds of dollars. Keep going. Really? I mean, technically it is in the hundreds, but um, 
the the most expensive item so far has been sold for one thousand and fifteen dollars. Oh, jeez! <laughs> there are currently thirty for sale, starting at eight hundred and eighty-eight dollars. Yep. Oh, jeez! A bandana. Hmm. I don't know how to respond to that. Yep. People are weird. Man, I'm playing the wrong games. Like, clearly, I got to start playing games where you can earn virtual items that other people want. Because I don't care. I get this bandana and I'd be like, yeah, awesome. I got a bandana. Sell it. Heroes of the Storm. It's like, okay, I got a new skin. That's great. Yeah, got a new mount. You can't sell those in Heroes of the Storm. I, uh, I don't really, you know. Like, woo! Yeah. That's, that's awesome. I don't care. I, yeah, no, the... Well, it's kind of annoying with the amount of skins that I have for Heroes of the Storm now, because sometimes I can't even tell, you know, what type of character I'm facing off against. <laughs> it's like, wait a second, who is... Oh, that's Diablo? That's like the the queen alien from Alien. That's, no, I, I that's confusing to me. You know, Diablo needs to look like Diablo. Well, I mean, I'd, I'd like some of the skins, but I'm not purchasing them from other people for obscene amounts of money yeah no i'm not you only like the default diablo skin uh the one i'm currently running is the uh iron iron fell diablo skin so like the world of warcraft greenish fell whatever uh hold on let me see what it's called diablo here's the storm wiki skins uh no not toxic uh Hell Iron is what I'm currently running. Okay. Hell Iron. Yes. Hell Iron Diablo. Why is that in the Steam Workshop? Oh, shit. That's pretty badass. But why is that in the Steam Workshop? I'm I so know. confused. Oh, because they, they added it to Age of Mythology. Ah. That's really funny. Someone added it to Age of Mythology. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, so things are selling for a lot. Also with PUBG, and I, I think I forgot to add this one, uh, but the company that made it, Bluehole, has created a new subsidiary specifically for this game. <laughs> because this game was so, 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 so successful, they created a new company to manage this game. So Bluehole can focus on games in general. But PUBG Soul, a blue hole company, will focus specifically on PUBG. The time your company is so large, you need to make another company in order to... Yo, dog, I heard you like companies. Yeah. So I put a company in your company so you can company. Crazy stuff. Uh, you know what else is crazy? Ikea. Ikea is crazy, yes. And Ikea purchasing a um, um, a gig based website so you're familiar with the gig economy right yeah that's the mechanical turk stuff right yes also like uber and lyft uh thumbtack i think is what i use is that what i use it's probably what i use yeah thumbtack right these are have you ever used thumbtack no you talked about it though yeah it's really cool i like it a lot so one of these is uh Oh, shit. Well, there's another one. It was like called five dollars something like that. Uh, But one of them is called TaskRabbit. And TaskRabbit is local jobs. It's a gig economy thing. It's saying like, hey, I've got this task. Can you come do it? And Ikea just bought them. Oh, why did Ikea buy TaskRabbit? Well, Ikea is, according to your article here, 
IKEA is already relying on TaskRabbit as a partner in the UK, and it's advertising the service for customers who need installation help in the US and the rest of the world. So they they bought them because they were already using them? I guess so. It's a little weird. But the idea is TaskRabbit is where people will go now, like I go to IKEA and buy shelving, and I don't want to put it together. So I go to TaskRabbit and hire someone to put it together. Yes. Why did you buy IKEA shelving if you're not willing to put it together? I don't know. Like, that's something you have to expect. You have to know that that's happening. I'm just kind of, I'm, I'm a little, I, mm, either you have to pay to get it delivered or you have to pay to get it assembled. One or the other, or I guess both. But why not just get higher quality stuff already assembled and just have it delivered? Money, I guess, maybe. Is it still cheaper to do it this way? Is Andy able to focus? I'm just still, you know, like that's that's for me part of the fun with IKEA furniture is the assembly. Well, Andy, do I have an opportunity for you? You should go list yourself on TaskRabbit. Yes, but then that means I would need free time. No, you load Isaac up in a carrier and you take him with you. Here, can you watch this kid while I build your furniture? Yeah, I don't yeah, see Kate, anything Kate's wrong with it. confused by that as well. I don't see anything wrong with this. Not anything at all. There is no possible way that could go wrong or turn out poorly. Did I say no possible way? Yes. I meant like every possible way. No, don't don't take your kid with you. That would be a bad idea. Yes, yes, it would. <laughs> that would not end well. No, not not really at all. Um... Um, 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 what else do we have? Uh, well, Amazon had some surprise updates. Yeah, I'm a little ticked. <laughs> I, I know, <laughs> as soon as I saw this article. Why are you ticked, Dave? I bought an Echo last week. You mean before uh, September 27th when they announced their brand new Echoes? Like September 25th. <laughs> I'm sorry, but that's hilarious. I bought a refurbished Echo. And then Amazon's like, hey, new Echoes. Hey, price cut on our new Echoes because they're way cheaper now. Mm-hmm. Thanks, Amazon. Couldn't you return your old, the, the refurbished one? I don't know if I still have the box for it. <sighs> they are creepy as hell. <laughs> Yeah, he still thinks it's creepy. <laughs> I don't know why he bought one, especially since it was right before Amazon announced the brand new ones. I didn't know they were announcing brand new ones. Nobody knew. This was Nobody like a surprise they press event. Not, they just said like, hey, guess what? Look at all the stuff we've had working in the in the closet that we didn't tell anyone about. Nope. So there's a new Echo. We did buy googly eyes. What? Just We did buy googly eyes. <laughs> why? Why? Is she texting you? No, I'm, I'm just telling you that we did oh. buy googly eyes for our Echo. Dave bought googly eyes for the Echo. <laughs> also, the first thing I did with it, you want to guess what the, the first major thing I did with my Echo was? What? I changed its name. Oh, to? Echo instead of Alexa. Mm. You didn't go with computer? I did not. Okay. I wanted something that not w- wouldn't be said very often. No, Dave went with Echo. Mm. 
Yeah, no. I, the problem is Dave is upstairs in his office, and my guess is his echo is downstairs. It, it is downstairs. Also, I use headphones when I record with you. Yes, I also use headphones, but the problem is our echo can actually hear me from where I'm at. Oh, mine can't. Yeah. I mean, if I shouted, it probably could. But I also closed the door, so it really probably can't. Yeah. So yes, there's a new, smaller version of the Echo for $100, mm-hmm. which they're also selling a three-pack for the first time. Um, there is the new Echo Plus, which is the same size as the old Echo. It really is 100... like the old Echo. It's 150 bucks. Yep. But uh, this one comes with a Philips Hue Smart Light in every box. If you don't have the hub for the Philips Hue Smart Light, does that still work? No, the, the, the Echo can act as the hub. Ooh. The Plus can yeah. act as the hub. My favorite bit is now that you can actually add multiple events to a routine that you can activate with one command. So you can do like, good morning. Yes. And then and it will turn it. on the lights, open a smart window shade, get the weather, or command a tea kettle to boil water in one fluid motion. Yes. I feel like that's like, if this, then that on steroids. Yep. Um, let's see what else we got there. We have, so the new, the new Echo Plus, the smaller Echo, the Echo Buttons. Which no one really knows what they're going to be used for yet. $20 for a two-pack. The Echo Buttons are hockey puck-shaped devices that you can use to play games alongside an Alexa-enabled device. Right. Who's making so games can, for this? Yeah, you can use, like, And what game are you going to make game. besides, like, Quiz Bowl and Trivia? Yeah. There's a new Fire TV. Yeah, that's actually, like, bigger than the Echo news, is the Fire TV news. Costs $70. Will now support 4K resolution at yep. 60 frames per second. So compare that to the Apple TV. Yes. And one of these things is not like the other in price. Yes. <laughs> you, you can buy two Amazon Fire TVs for the cost of one Apple TV. And the state, the, the stats, the specs, there we go, are essentially the same. Yes. But one works with Amazon, Amazon Prime, the other works with iTunes. Yeah. So you can also buy a bundle of a Fire TV stick and an Echo Dot for 60 or just a regular Fire TV and an Echo Dot for 80 Or, you know, not buy any of it because you already have one mm-hmm. that you bought refurbished a week before they announced this shit. <laughs> God damn it. That's why as soon as I saw this article, I'm like, oh shit, did Dave already order? Did Dave already order? I got to send this to Dave right away. Dave already had ordered and installed. Oh. It, it was already on. Now the question is, what are your thoughts on the Echo Spot? Which one is the Echo Spot? The Echo Spot is the smart alarm clock that can make video calls and be connected to external speakers via cable or Bluetooth. So it looks like it's about the size of a large baseball, somewhere between a baseball and a softball. Yeah. So it's round, but it's got a uh, tiny 2.5 inch screen. Right. You can make video calls or it can double as a nursery camera. Kind of there. I think the idea is this will replace your bedside alarm clock. Yeah, for $130. For $130, yes. I find this creepy. A little bit. I'm sorry, but I really don't want a camera watching me sleep. Yeah? So turn it away. People already stare at me sleeping, so. Who stares at you sleeping? Isaac. Um. Okay. Does he like sleep in the bed with you? No. He, he's in I, his I, I know because right? he, he has unblinking staring eyes at me. He always stares at me. If your kid doesn't blink, you might have a problem. <laughs> no, he blinks. It's just he doesn't blink that often. <laughs> I imagine creepy. he blinks much more than you realize. He probably does, but he just he stares at me sometimes. Yeah, but not when you're asleep. <laughs> 
Yes, I am calling our baby creepy because he stares at me. Is that not creepy for anybody else? You are the center of his world. You are like one of the few constants in an ever-changing universe. That is true because he doesn't have object permanence yet. Right, which is weird because he has existence permanent. Like he knows that you are a thing even when you stop existing. He just doesn't know that you're still there when you yeah. aren't in front of him, right? Yes. But he knows that you exist or did exist. Object permanence is weird. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so is this echo spot. Yeah. I don't know. I could, I could see, like, my bedside alarm clock died. It was ruined one of the really cheap, like, you get this when you first go off to college or really go off to camp and just have it as a, like, uh, it, it's an alarm clock. It even had, like, a 9-volt battery backup mm-hmm. for, for when the power would go out. Um, something happened to it, and now anytime the alarm triggers, it resets the entire clock. <laughs> That's kind of funny. So there's there's a short somewhere in the alarm circuit. And so when the alarm goes off, the entire clock resets. And then, of course, since it resets, there's no alarm set. So the alarm doesn't go off. <laughs> May have overslept one day going to work because the alarm that I was expecting wasn't there. Okay. So I don't know, like this, uh, the camera is the weird thing. But yes. is that so weird? Like, are uh, People are thinking that this is kind of uh, a litmus test for Amazon to see if, you know, because they already had the Amazon look and yeah. the Amazon, was it the share or something? The one that's, uh, I don't know. Because there was the one that you'd put in your closet and there was the other one you'd put in the kitchen. Like now my Nest think has a camera. Your Nest has a camera? Because that's kind of yeah. weird. All Nests have a camera. Really? Well, all Gen 3s do at least. I think okay. Gen 2 did as well because that's how it knows when you're there. Ah. In fact, I think even Gen 1s had a camera. What about the Nest E? Does that have a camera? Almost certainly has a camera. That's that's how Nest knows your home. That's why they, they recommend you put it in a place that is frequently traveled. I don't think the Nest E has a camera. I'm not sure. I'll have to look at that later. But uh, people are thinking Amazon did their surprise announcement because Google <coughs> is doing their announcement this week on Google's, October 4th. Google's isn't a surprise. No, Google's Google, is not a surprise. Google had announced this a while ago. And so this is going to be the Google Home device and... Uh, the growth of these companies into my house and i invite them in it's going to be the new pixel 2 and the pixel 2 xl okay google pixel book okay the new google daydream headset and the google home mini and the google home max did i buy an alexa just like three weeks too early i don't know maybe i should try and return it They say, why? I'm like, because everything came out a week after I ordered it. That would be be like, I bought this, and then you came out with new shit. And Google Uh, came out with new shit. And Google came out with new shit. And now I want the new shit. (laughs) Grumble, grumble, grumble. So yeah, we'll see how this is. I'm I'm kind of glad that they're doing a Google Home Max. What is the difference between the Google Home Mini and the Google Home Max? Well, the Google Home Mini is just going to be a much smaller device and a much uh-huh. smaller speaker. So, you know, so you don't have to buy the Google Home for every single, you know, room in your house. It's kind of like the the version of the Amazon Dot. Right. And the Google Home Max is kind of going to be their better speaker system um, one, which is good because the speaker on the Google Home sucks. Do you have a Google Home? Yes, yes, I do. I got one free with my phone. Oh. I also got a free tablet as well. So you have a Google and an Amazon. Yes, the Google Home is at work, ironically Ah. enough. (laughs) And your Alexa is at home. Yes. 
So that it's is, one of those things where it's like, okay, you know, I tried streaming some stuff on the Google Home and it just sounded horrible. Oh, so bad speaker. Yeah, no, the speaker is just compared to the the Echo here. Speaker is just ugh. And the new Echo has an even better speaker, mm-hmm. or so they say. Yes, I'll have to check it out. Maybe, possibly, I don't know. We'll see what happens. So speaking of updating things, yeah. Uh, well, there's an update. The Wii Shop is closing. Oh no! At the uh, oh, we'll close 2019. Uh, so Nintendo will only allow users to add Wii points to their accounts until March 26, 2018. The actual ability to use those points to purchase games will end January 31st, 2019. And finally, the finally the ability to re-download previously purchased titles will be at some point in 2019. Oh, so the Wii crap. Shop for Wii users and Wii U users is going away. But I bought stuff on that. Yes, and you will be able to re-download it until 2019. And then it's gone forever. And then it's gone forever. Thanks, Nintendo. Well, now that customers have shifted to Nintendo eShop on Nintendo Switch and Nintendo 3DS family systems, we plan to focus our efforts in those areas. Thanks, Nintendo. Rather than the Wii, which has the largest install base humanly possible... Yeah, but the Switch is, like, way better. I would just like to have my games on the Switch. That also would would be nice. That would be nice. Like, can I please get the games that I purchased on the Wii available on the Switch? Maybe, possibly, or, you know, some good other games, like everything that you just released on your new uh, Super Nintendo Classic. That would be pretty cool. Like, if they were released for, I don't know, eight bucks each on the Switch, I'd probably buy most of the games that would be on the Super Nintendo Classic. Oh, I don't doubt it. That would, yeah, that would make sense. Which, by the way, would total more than purchasing the Super Nintendo Classic. But it's on your Switch. But it would be on my Switch. And that means Nintendo wouldn't have to, you know, produce more hardware. They wouldn't have to pay for for making the NES Classic or the SNES Classic. Because it would just be on my Switch. Just point that out. Put Putting it out there. Just want to make sure that's available. <laughs> Throwing that out into the ether. Hopefully somebody mm-hmm. will pick it up. Yep. You listening, Nintendo? Probably not. Probably not. Hmm. So, uh, other things that are coming down the pipe. Mm-hmm. The CEO and co-founder of Razer has said that mobile gaming is getting massive everywhere. U.S., Europe, China, and we hope to have products to serve the mobile gamer everywhere in the world. One of the most hotly rumored things about Razer is that we're coming up with a mobile device. And I can say that we are coming up with a mobile device specifically geared toward gamers and entertainment. We're hoping to have it come by the end of the year, so that's something we're working on. Neat. So, somebody's going to have a phone slash tablet that's specifically built... For gamers. For gamers, which makes sense. Does it? You know, I have my tablet here, my Kindle Fire. What do I do on it? I play games. Some games that I play... (laughs) really kind of makes this thing choke. What games do you play that make your phone choke? Uh, my brother had me try out Star Wars something. I forgot what it was, but yeah, no, it couldn't do that. The Hearthstone kills this thing. Um, was it, was it some other like dragon one or something that I tried out for a hot minute, and that also killed it. So I have to try my other tablet, though, but that one's at work. So maybe that one would be better, but I don't know. But a dedicated gaming smartphone by 2018. I mean, that's not very far away. Nope. So we'll see more coming from Razer. Yep. Now, Which granted, what also I want to carry... for an IPO. What? Razer filed for an IPO. Oh, nice. In Hong Kong. Oh. Interesting. Oh, I learned a, a bit more, speaking of IPOs and finances, if we want to come full circle. I learned a bit more about the Chapter 11 
uh, for Toys R Us. And? And why they went into bankruptcy and, like, where this came from. And? and the debt that they had, remember we, we looked back and they were like, oh, Toys R Us moved from public to private, right? Yes. And it was that purchase of the Toys R Us stock that was the debt that they can't pay off. Well, that seems silly. Right. So the idea is, hey, there's this company that's public and I'd like to purchase it and make it private. Well, I need a massive amount of money to do that, right? Yes. I don't have a massive amount of money. But you know what? If I purchase this company, that company could be my collateral for this loan. So that's really what happened. Like someone got a loan to purchase Toys R Us and used the company itself as the collateral for the loan. And now they can't pay the interest on the loan. So chapter 11 to go through debt restructuring. That's just crazy. Yeah. Uh, net neutrality, sir. Yes. You have an update for me. Where are we yeah. on that? Well, I mean, the FCC we're pro is still, it, but... FCC is still reviewing the, the comments and the replies to the comments right now. So that's still in limbo. But AT&T and the United States Telecom Association and CenturyLink have decided that they're not waiting for the FCC to, you know, change its mind. And they are asking the U.S. Supreme Court to overturn the net neutrality rules. Didn't they already try that? But yes, they went to the they went to the federal courts and the federal courts, you know, said that, yes, no, these rules are legit. OK, so now they're trying the Supreme Court. Yes, they've they've kicked it up to the Supreme Court. So they are nervous because of all the public opinion against this. Yes. That even Ajit Pai, their man on the council, won't be able to guarantee a win. So they're taking it to the Supreme Court where they hope to win. Yes. And should the Supreme Court rule in their favor, there's not much that we're going to be able to do because Ajit Pai is going to be like, sweet, my job's done. Yep. Then the FCC, you know, won't have to do anything. <laughs> I hope we get some really good lawyers. Oh, shit, except it's the FCC that would be defending. Yep. And Ajit Pai is probably going to put, like, the worst people on the job. Most likely. That's not good. Granted, you know, they're, they're maybe can, can Google and Facebook put their own lawyers on the I, team? I don't know. <laughs> like, if they aren't the defendants, I don't think they can. They can file briefs. They can do, like, friend of the court briefs. So there's ways for them to interact with it, but not to, like, be the lead lawyers on the case. Hmm. Okay. Well, that's unfortunate and depressing news. Thanks, Andy. Sorry, but that's what's going on is they are, uh, at t is going and kind of hedging their bets going, you know, if the FCC doesn't work, let's uh, petition the Supreme Court to uh, listen to their case. Wonderful. I believe it is time for a random topic. Yes. Yes, it is. Okay. Random review. Random review first, so no, it's yes. not time for a random topic. It's time for the random review. It is my week, and so I will review the game I've been playing for the last two weeks or so. Metroid Samus Returns. Metroid Samus Returns. Which is different slightly than Metroid The Return of Samus. Wait, there's one actually called The Return of Samus. Go look it up. Hold on, Metroid. Samus Returns, okay, yes. Samus Returns is the... Nintendo 3DS. Metroid Return of... Oh my gosh, really? Metroid 2 was subtitled The Return of Samus. And that's intentional, because Metroid Samus Returns is a remake of Metroid 2 The Return of Samus. Oh my goodness. What? That's Well, it makes sense. It's a bit silly, but it makes sense. It's awesome, right? Like, if you're going to remake the game... 
I suppose you could title it AM2R, another Metroid 2 remake, which is also something that we talked about because that was the fan-made remake. Mm -hmm. And Metroid uh, Samus Returns is one of the reasons why Nintendo may have said, ah, no, no, you have to close that down. So Metroid Return of Samus Returns, that one. Metroid Samus Returns, that's the new one. Uh, It just came out on Nintendo 3DS. And it is a remake and reimagining of Metroid 2, which was the Metroid game for the Game Boy. And it's awesome. It is really fun. I'm enjoying this game a lot. Um, it's it, it does have a few slight issues, kind of, sort of. I mean, it's an update to the game. So there's a lot of stuff that they changed. They made better. The Metroids have, like... Well, not so much AI as just like uh, a much expanded move set. The bosses are a little harder. The game itself is just in general harder uh, than the the Game Boy version was, and it it should be. The Game Boy version was not difficult at all. Like I remember beating it when I was a kid. Um, the new one has a lot of the same elements, but when you stack it up against some of the other Metroid games, it's not quite as as memorable. Well, when you play Metroid Zero Mission, the first uh, the the remake of the first one, there's the sense of being stranded on this this planet where everything is hostile and the the space pirates are there. When you play Metroid Fusion. You are playing through a horror game like it is terrifying when you play through uh, Metroid Super Metroid. You are on again like it's you versus an entire planet and it's just overwhelming because there's just so much there. I don't get quite that feeling this time. Like, it's there, but it's not nearly as strong. The music doesn't lend itself quite as much to this really... Um, isolating experience. Mm. So how is it playing it on the 3DS? It's fantastic. It really are is. U- are they utilizing both screens quite well? Yes. So one screen is your map. The other screen is what you're actually doing. And that's very useful to have. Um, the map is is kind of the Super Metroid-style map, Metroid Zero Mission-style map. So you actually have a map, which you didn't have in the original Metroid 2, um, yeah, it's, it's pretty good. I'm enjoying it. It's very nice. It's, it's fun. It's way bigger than the Metroid 2 version was. Like, there's just more going on. You have more options because they added some of the stuff that they get from some of the n- newer Metroids. It's hmm. about it. It's a fantastic game. I've almost beaten it. Nice. Some of the bosses. Okay, I will put this out. Some of the bosses are friggin' hard when you start them because there is very little sign of here's what you need to do. It does not telegraph a lot of the boss fight. So you get into the fight and you're like, I I shoot it and it doesn't do anything. You're like, I shoot it more and it doesn't do anything. You're like, I shoot it with a different gun and it's like, hey, it works. You're like, well, but how was I supposed to know that? (laughs) Trial and error. And then you're like, you know, Mega Man. Okay. I, 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 so I fight this boss and all of a sudden it's sitting there and it looks kind of stunned, but like, what am I supposed to do now? And then it's not stunned anymore. You're like, I guess I was supposed to do something, but I don't know what. And now I have yeah. to fight it all over again. And then eventually you get the boss basically all the way down. You're like, okay, cool. I think I got him. He's all set. And he's like, wait, there's one more phase of the boss. And like, but none of the stuff I'm doing is effective again. Like, I can't even get him into the stunned phase. What the hell am I missing? 
I fought that boss for two days. Oh, geez. Like I, I spent, you know, I didn't spend the whole day on it. It was probably like an hour here, an hour there. And just, oh, that was bad. So that part was not fun. So it's only for 3DS, so I'm not going to be able to. Not without borrowing a 3DS. Yep. Oh, and the 3D is actually really, really nice and very well done. Oh, well, that's good. So you like it? I love it. I'm really enjoying it. That's good to hear. So now we should do the random topic, right? Yeah. Okay. Random topic rolled ahead of time. When is Professor Hansowitz's principal of micro final exam? At the end of the semester. Hello. I don't know. So I assume this is an Aaron submitted post. Yes. Uh, So does that mean like he knows the answer? Does that mean we get to set the answer? Are we in control of his students final exam? I don't know. I've got to. If so, I'd like to retract my previous statement um, because I feel like this. So we're talking about econ, right? Yes. So it's all about like control of information and supply and demand uh it's so, the principle of micro principle of micro perfect because then his his econ final if we if we have control over it well we should sell that control shouldn't we side note um aaron has a web page okay so all right hold on i found the principle of microeconomics course page yeah let's check the syllabus i mean i was just going to sell it to the highest bidder oh Okay. So they get to decide when it's sold or when it's, it's fall given. 2017 class location check nine to oh he's got two classes back to back i think or is it just two hours i don't know andy Ooh, classroom technology no computers tablets phones or headphones in the classroom wow no graphing calculators or any other calculator that stores equations can be used during an exam harsh Final exam, really? I'm going through the syllabus and the final exam to be determined. Ah, ha, ha, ha. See? See? He wants us to sell the date. <laughs> well, the last class listed is at 12-11. So sometime after December 11th is the final exam for his principal of microeconomics class, fall 2017. Mm-hmm. Bethany College final exam schedule here we go let's see if i can do this class schedule we're putting in way too much effort into this i know but it's fun that's bethany college though in kansas that's not the right one (laughs) nope how about bethany college west virginia there we go academic calendar we want to go to december uh Final exam periods are December 14th, 15th, or 16th. So one of those dates? Yes, 14th, 15th, or 16th. I still say you should go to the highest bidder. <laughs> but I'm trying to use my Google Foo here. But this and I'm stupid... trying to use economics. Yeah, I've got it down to three days. I can't get it any closer than that right now. All right. So We could also just ask Aaron. Yes, we could also just sorry, ask Aaron. Professor Hansowitz? Dr. Hanswitz. Well, let's see what he calls himself on his webpage. He just calls himself Aaron. Okay. Assistant Professor of Economics. Ah, Assistant Professor. Oh, he's got a CV on here from <laughs> August 2015. <laughs> Aaron, update your webpage. Yeah. All right, I think that's it. Yep, that's a, that's a wrap. This has been another episode of the Random Access Podcast. 
If you have any questions, comments, concerns, corrections, suggestions, remarks, reviews, rebukes, retorts, or just rants, feel free to contact us. You can find us on Twitter at RAPodcast or send us an email at mail at RAPodcast.net. Thank you for listening.